Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Today, Apostle continues in the faith series that he has been running during our midweek services as he preaches a sermon titled, Talking Faith. In this sermon, Apostle teaches that as a believer, you must develop the habit of confessing your faith. However, this starts by believing on the inside and then confessing it. So grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Lord, I would like you to, I would like you to just, if you're watching this, I want you to share this with as many people as possible because everyone needs to hear this message. Now, tonight, I'm going to continue my teaching on faith. And in tonight's teaching, I'm taking it another notch because the last few weeks we looked at the shield of faith. But now I'm going to talk about one of the most important expressions of faith. And so I'll be talking about talking your faith. Talking your faith. Praise God. Tonight I am teaching on talking your faith. And like I say, this is one of the most important expressions of faith that I'll be giving. And so let us go to St. Mark's Gospel. St. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 11. And we're going to read verse 23. And we're also going to read verse 24. Now remember, this scripture has got a context. Maybe let's start from 21 for, for purposes of context. So remember, it's got a context. The context was this. Jesus was hungry earlier on. And so when Jesus was hungry, he came across a fig tree. And when he came across that tree, um, he made a decision that he was going to eat from it. And yet the tree, the figs were not even in season in that period. But Jesus had decided that he was going to eat from it. And so the fig tree, though, did not produce what it was supposed to produce. And when that happened, he cursed the tree. And he told it no one was ever going to eat from it again. So a few things happened later, and then we come to verse 21. So let's go to verse 21. The Bible says, And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Now remember, when we were dealing with this about a month or two ago, because I've been teaching this topic for about two, three months. When we were dealing with this about a month or two ago, I showed you that this meant have the God kind of faith, right? So have faith in God, verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, and I want you to take note of these words, assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, it didn't say whoever thinks of this mountain, he didn't say whoever hopes. 
there is a very key word which is brought about here. He says, whoever says to this mountain, faith is talkative. Praise the Lord. He starts by saying, have faith in God. And then he goes on to say, assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now, notice he goes on to say, and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. How many times is the word say mentioned in that verse? I'm counting. It seems to be about three or four. I think it's four times. That's emphasis. You know, in Jewish tradition, if a person says something twice, then they are really emphasizing. Four times, then we're going to call that double emphasis. Notice, he says, I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be removed, but believes those things which he says, then he will have whatever he says. It's three times. Praise God. Faith is talkative. Faith is talkative. Faith has a talkative nature. That's the nature of faith. Faith is talkative. Praise the Lord. That's something I want us to understand. That faith is talkative. So, we're continuing to deal with this topic. I've got a question for you. When was the last time you talked to yourself? When was the last time you talked to your year? When was the last time you talked to your month? When was the last time you talked to your day? You know, many times we, be, we, we say we believe this stuff and we participate in the five-minute declarations at church. But how often have you disciplined yourself to exercise these things in your own private space when nobody is looking? How often have you disciplined yourself to exercise these spiritual principles? If there's something that I've learned, it's that you cannot deny the compounding power of consistency. You cannot deny the compounding power of consistency. The compounding power of consistency is like, uh, imagine that there's something rolling, and the more it rolls, the more it gathers. So it means that the more that it rolls, the, more, the bigger that it gets. So there's the compounding power of consistency. In case you wanted to know whether being consistent in something can really help, try not cleaning a house for a month. You observe the consistency of dirt. Before you know <laughs> there's a serious problem. Try not dealing with a roach infestation for two weeks. By the time you're reaching the second month, they would have consistently reproduced. And before you know it, the roaches are everywhere. What am I trying to say? There is what is called the compounding power of consistency. And sometimes I've observed that this is a trouble that believers have. We kickstart, we stop. We hear a nice sermon by Apostle Fred. We start, okay, from now on, I'm going to be doing 10-minute declarations every day. Two days later, we're no longer doing them. Then you hear the same sermon preached again. God And God is interested. God will give the same sermon in the same... <laughs> probably just with one or two different words and a different title. Same message. You go back, you do it again for two days. But there's a compounding power of consistency. Can you imagine what would happen if you were to consistently speak the word of God for one year? Every day. 
You've disciplined yourself that 10 minutes of my day, I'm confessing God's word over me. No matter what has happened that day, no matter how I feel like that day, I will confess that over me. I'll confess that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'll confess that my steps are ordered by the Lord. I'll confess that for me, he leads me to green pastures. Praise God. I'll confess that my cup runs over. I'll confess that because I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I confess that I'll fear no evil. Nothing can come against me. You know, last week I talked about the shield. Eh? I want you to think about this. The people who've been making confessions for years over their preservation, what manner of shield do you think they've built up? What manner of shield? I was speaking to one of the people that I ministered to, and they happen to be in the United States. And they are working in uh, they, they work in a care center for those who are elderly. So you can imagine that the corona period was quite tricky because the elderly are more exposed. And so we're having a call this week, and she told me something interesting. She said, do you remember that when I was leaving Zambia, you spoke a word over me, and you said you are preserved from all sickness. She said, I held on to that word. I was nursing people with all these things. There were times when... Uh, the machinery or the equipment that was needed to protect ourselves was compromised. Maybe for that moment, you don't have a mask, but you need to run to save somebody's life. Said, I've been tested over and over and over again. I'm always found negative. And he said, I always kept remembering there's a word you spoke over me. There's a word you spoke over me. There's a word over my life. There's a word over my life. Praise God. And now it's one thing to remember, and it's another thing to go on to speak it, to go on to confess it. And here's what I'm saying. This is the formula Jesus has given to us. The formula according to the Jesus version of doing things is that you have what you say. You have to speak it. It says, whoever says to this mountain, whoever says, it doesn't say whoever thinks. It doesn't say whoever hopes. It doesn't say whoever feels. It says whoever says to this mountain. And we do know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, somebody may be saying, pastor, pastor, pastor. Is it that easy? Can I have everything I say? Jesus gives us the catch. He says, but I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. So now there's a correlation there should, be a, there should be a positive correlation between what you speak and what you believe. What you speak and what you believe. And you know, when you study the scriptures, you observe there are certain things that show you the way things should be. And then there are certain things that show you how sometimes the way things should be is not the way they always are. Can I give you an example? Scripturally, we know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But how come there are certain people who Jesus said, you speak in vain, you worship with your lips, but your hearts are far away? So meaning it's possible for somebody to challenge that fact and begin to speak what's not in their heart. Oh, we are going somewhere, right? 
Notice, he says, whoever says and does not doubt in his heart. That shows you that there's this thing called believing. Before we go to the speaking, there's this issue that has to be sorted out called believing. And I've got a question for you. That which you've been confessing, do you believe it? Or is it an experiment? Or are you trying it out to see if it's, if it's going to work? When you're confessing the word of God, do you really believe it? You know, there is a conviction that comes when you believe something. There's a conviction that comes when you believe something. You know, when we'll be in class and they are calling out the register and my name is called out. There's a confidence, I would say, present. Listen, it's my name. No one can get it away from me. Even if they were to think bad thoughts about me, even if they were to come and say, you don't look like a Frederick, they cannot get the Frederickness out of me. I've possessed it. And yet, the day I was born, I had no idea my name was Frederick. I don't get used to it. And then there's something about when you're being asked, what's your name? That's why with little kids, you find you keep asking them, what's your name? And the child keeps answering this. You know what they're doing? They're building conviction. They're building conviction. <laughs> we are going somewhere. Can you tell we are going somewhere? So somebody may say, Apostle, uh, before you, you talk about the speaking part, can you help me out with this doubt in the heart part? And I would like you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that not all people who confess the word believe it. Not all people who confess it believe it. I, I want to show you from scriptures what can cause a person to be speaking contrary to what they believe. Matthew 15, verse 7 and 8. Here's what the Bible says. He says, this is Jesus. And he says, hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That shows you that these guys are breaking the, they are breaking the principle of speaking from the abundance of the heart. It means there is a disconnect between what they are saying with their mouth and what they really believe in their hearts. And so it's possible to be one of those people who, when the environment suits you speak something, but on the inside, you don't really believe it. And that's why you find that in private, you find you confess differently. And you know, I looked up the Greek for the word hypocrites. It's interesting. The word hypocrites is translated actors. The word hypocrites is actually translated actors. So now that gets me thinking. All those Hollywood couples you fell in love with when watching the movie, like, oh, these guys, and you'd see the conviction in the guy's eyes that he's saying, you're really the one for me. And the girl is saying, oh, yes. Out, and then you find out years later that they never even got along during the set. What were they doing? They were acting. Oh, please make sure that your life of faith is, make sure your Christian life is not an act where you know how to talk the talk, you know how to lift your left hand, you, you know how to cry the cry, you know how to, uh, you know how to say the say. Make sure these are things that you believe. Notice how an actor is. An actor can cause other people to believe that they are really something when deep on the inside they know they are pretending. I mean, there are people who've... who've yeah. <laughs> I know some actors are so good that there are some actors who play a villain role and in real life people hate them. Because they acted it so well, and yet they are such a nice person in real life. I once saw, I saw some people posting about a certain lady who betrayed her sister in a movie, I think 20 years ago, and they were saying, I'll never forgive you. I'm like, hey. <laughs> that person played that role so well that in real life, 
everyone was thinking. Yeah. So I, I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say. Never be at a place where there's a disconnect. And let me tell you how, what differentiates an actor from a real person. An actor, it's not, it's temporal. They have to put up an act for a moment. Then the real them comes out. So in the movie, they've got a wife uh, in the movie who's maybe their colleague called Jane. They're even using fake names. So they, as long as they're on set, they have to put up that show. They have to force it out. And you find after they are done on set, they go back to their real wife called Mildred. It's not a show. It's, it's life. It's, they're doing life together. But on set, it's pretense. On set, it's temporal. Now, if at church during the one hour, 30 minutes of service or during the two hours of service, you, you are modest, uh, uh, you, you speak, you know, the faith language. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, it is well, you know. Uh, and you know, some people are so good at it. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I tell you, oh, oh, it's well, you know, the, the grace is just, the grace is just keeps increasing in my life, you know. It just keeps increasing in my life. And, and you manage to keep that up for two hours. 16 hours the same day. What you're speaking is very different. That means that there's a high chance that you're acting. As, and, and you know something? The difference between an actor and a person in real life is that uh, the act is way shorter. The act is way shorter. So it's very possible to have a disconnect between what you believe and what you're speaking. Where your lips and your hearts are not in proportion to each other. And usually you can tell. And, and you know, it reminds me of 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, where it talks about certain people, and it says, having a form of godliness, yet denying its power. This moves beyond... This. Now, think about this. This now comes to a place where what you say and what you do are completely contrary. What you say and what you do are completely contrary. I'll give an example. Here's a person making a confession. Oh, I confess that I'm wealthy. I confess in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I'm absolutely blessed. For he that sows reaps, he that does this, does that. And maybe you're confessing. In Malachi 3, the Bible says you rebuke the devourer. And therefore, as a faithful tither, I confess in the name of Jesus that A, B, C, D. But you go for five months, you've not done the very thing you are confessing. That means you just have a form of godliness, but you're denying its power. You just have... <laughs> is somebody getting my point? When your actions and what you're speaking are contrary, then you may want to check if you really believe it. If you really believe it. Don't be like one of those people who's a chameleon. Don't be, don't be, don't be like, you know, there are so many <laughs> allegories I can use. Don't be a thermometer whose bar is dependent on the temperature. Be a thermostat, which changes the heat. I don't know if you're getting my way. <laughs> don't be like one of those who your faith levels are determined by the, the condition at that moment. Be consistent. Remember earlier I said you cannot deny the compounding power of consistency. And you know, I'm okay with most of your declarations in public, but I'm asking what about in the secret place? What about in private? What about the other 22 hours of the day when you're not at church? How are your confessions? How are your confessions? 
Do you really believe this? Praise God. You know, sometimes people ask me, Pastor, when you talk about confessions, are you, are you trying to say that if somebody is experiencing a particular issue, they shouldn't open up? I'm, I'm talking about a whole different thing here. This is not about opening up with what's going on in your heart and the like. I'm talking about your convictions over life. I'm talking about convictions over life. I'm talking about genuine convictions over life. Praise God. For example, if a person is, if a person is married, but sometimes they say they are not married, you say that, that, that has got nothing to do with opening up. That, that's just a problem in their heart. It's a problem in their heart. It's a problem in their mindset. So I'm talking about convictions over life. As far as Abraham was concerned, he was the father of all nations. He was the father of all nations at midnight. He was the father of all nations at 10 hours. He was still the father of all nations at 23. Even when he went to bed that day and there was still no son, he was the father of all nations the next day. That's why if you asked him the next day, what's your name? He never went back to Abraham. He was Abraham. Come on, somebody. As far as he was concerned, that was it. Praise God. And one of these days, we'll, we'll talk about that. So now, now, one may ask, what, what, Apostle, what do you mean when you say, when you're talking about confessions, you're differentiating from open, opening up? I think one day we need to have a, a pure teaching just on that. But I'm saying this because some of the people in the Bible who are saying to have a great faith are people who opened up about what was going on. Didn't the centurion open up that, oh, my servant, there's an issue? That woman with the issue of blood. Didn't she, I mean, she, she wanted the healing. She acknowledged that. But he, what, why was it counted for them as faith? Because they believed in him who was able to do ABCD. That's why they knew who to open up to. It's, it's one thing for the centurion to go before Jesus and say, come help my servant. It's another thing for the centurion to, to go this other side and just say, I am doomed because my servant this. It's another thing. That's not crying out to Jesus. Anyways, that's a story for another day. Praise God. Is somebody learning something? Is somebody being blessed? So now, the biggest thing here now, somebody that would be asking me is Apostle. <laughs> okay, you're scaring me now. I'm starting to question if I really believe some of these things. How can I come to a place where I believe and I'm sure? You have to form convictions. You have to form convictions. You have to form convictions in your heart. And you know, the good thing about convictions is that convictions can be formed. Convictions can be formed. You know, I was talking to somebody who was raised by another man as the father. And later on in life, she got to discover that this man was actually the stepfather. And the real father came into the picture. No matter how hard he tried, as far as she was concerned, as in all the data, all the facts, all the facts, the facts are absolutely there that this person who came is actually really the real father. As far as she was concerned, the one that raised her, will always take that place of dad. You know why? Conviction. Because they got to bond, they got to build convictions. And so that conviction which came before logic even came cannot be removed when logic comes. <laughs> it preceded logic. How can logic overpower something bigger than it? It's convictions. And, and by the way, you may want to know that, com that convictions are stronger than logic. I'm telling you, convictions are stronger than logic with no disrespect to any political party. 
I've watched some of the campaign rallies. You would be shocked. Sometimes there's almost nothing logical said. It's just building on people's convictions. I'm telling you, sometimes almost nothing logical said. I was once watching one, and all they were saying, and all they were doing was just shouting funny slogans. I don't want to say them, but they were just shouting funny. There was nothing, and, 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 it's, and it's so interesting. You go to nations which are totalitarian. It's not really logic they follow. Are you aware that in countries like there's one famous country in Asia which is totalitarian, they believe that their supreme leader learned how to drive at the age of three? Not necessarily, and, 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 because, and, for, and there a car is a big deal because I think there are only about 100 people who are allowed to drive. So it's, it's such a big deal for them. It's not logical, but it's a conviction, and it can be very hard to get them out of that conviction. Oh, Paul said, I'm fully convinced <laughs> that neither death nor life, angels nor devils, fully convinced. It's beyond logic. It's beyond it. It's a conviction of the heart. And how do you form these convictions? You see, you form these convictions by, and it's interesting, you form, one of the ways to form these convictions is actually by speaking. <laughs> now, let me say something. It's one thing, it's one thing to speak during a performance. It's another thing to speak the whole day. Oh, let, let, let me try that again. It's one thing to try and play football during a match. It's another thing to be training throughout the week, such that when you're, doing, when you're playing a match, you're, you're doing your native language. You're doing something that's native to you. What am I trying to say? It means if a person doesn't, let's, let's take an example of a footballer. If a person doesn't live the lifestyle of a footballer, they don't eat like a footballer, they don't train like a footballer, they do nothing, and they just appear one day in a jersey, and it's a very famous jersey. Let's say they appear in jersey number seven and they like because it's iconic, and they get on a pitch. They're being a hypocrite, <laughs> and it will be seen by their performance. And yet they may have the same knowledge, they may have studied all the books, but they've not practiced it. And it's interesting that the only way that they can play well is by learning to play and playing often. It's the same thing with your walk of faith. I mean, if you're going to wait for a situation to arise, and that's the day you want to test whether you've got faith, then there'll be, there might be some troubleshooting with your performance because you might discover you don't actually believe the things that you're saying. So you find the day an issue comes, the day heat comes, Praise God. The day heat comes, what happens? There's an issue. You find the day something comes, it reveals what's really there. The day of an evil day, it reveals what you really believe. It reveals how you really think. And that's why sometimes you should look back on some of the days which have been the most challenging and sometimes use them as a test to see. It's not about whether they made you feel bad or whether they made you feel good, but even in that moment of feeling bad, did your conviction change? Did you at any point say, you know what? I've stopped this thing of Christianity. Did you at any point say, you know what? My life will just never be okay. Then you have to see, after that period is done, well, you're okay. That's the best period now to build your faith. So that if that ever tries to come back again, you would have built enough stamina. I don't know if you're getting my point. This, this spiritual life is not, just about, it's not just about power. It's also about stamina. Stamina is the ability to take, you know, you can take one or two blows. And like, okay, okay. <laughs> you hit me once, hit me twice, wait for mine now. Come on, somebody. That, 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 that kind of stamina. And so it's interesting that I'm telling you that sometimes what people speak doesn't work 
because they don't really believe. But the only way that they can build their believing is by speaking. Whew. I hope you're getting it now. But it's in learning to speak it in those 22 hours when you're not at church. And, you know, I'm using these terms very deliberately because, frankly speaking, you find that on average you're more at home than you are at church. Praise God. It's learning to speak it in different times. Learning to speak it on ordinary days, during ordinary times. And that's where now, don't you remember what God says to Joshua? I want to think about this. Joshua 1.8. God, God gives Joshua a speech. God tells him, look, Joshua, me, I'm with you. But look at how he keeps saying, but be courageous, be courageous, be courageous. And then he tells him, this book of the law shall not depart from what? Your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then would you make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. It doesn't say that simply because the book of the law is there, you'll be prosperous and have good success. No, there's a practicalness. There's, there's something you have to do about it. And he's telling him, meditate on it day and night. Are you saying how long you should meditate on it? Day and night. And you know how meditation was in those days? It's, it's not what you think now where you sit and you're like, I'm, what are you doing? I'm meditating. Usually you just end up falling asleep, right? Meditation is very active. You participate in the meditation. It's in him was life. And that life was the light of man. What are you doing? I'm meditating. Oh, I've got the life of God inside of me. Oh, I've passed from life to death. You're muttering. You're muttering. And it actually goes further from muttering. It comes to a place where you know what happens? You're roaring. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Praise God. God, it reaches a place where you roar. It roars out, in him was life. Hey, praise God. It reaches a point where it roars out. I mean, you've been muttering it all day. You've been muttering all day. And then Satan tries to attack with the thought of, maybe you will die within the... Hey, hey, it, it just comes out and says, oh, no, 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 no. I will live and not die. With long life, you satisfy me. Why? Because you've learned how to practice it. You've learned how to talk it. So I'm telling you, make faith part of your daily routine. Make it a habit to speak declarations of faith. It's not enough to just hear sermons. Practice talking it. Learn to talk it. And that's why I, I always advise that you have to be careful who your friends are. Remember, you judge your friendships by the quality of conversations. And it's interesting that if you don't have the best of friends, and you, you know, let's be honest, you spend more time with your friends probably than with your parents. You spend more time with your friends than with your pastors. And so if you don't have the best of friends and you don't create an environment where you all speak, I've made it. Where you all speak, I can do it. Where you all speak this and that. If the environment that you create with your friends is, not, is, is negative to faith, then there'll be a problem. You need an environment in which you can pick each other up. I always give this example. The Apostle Paul, I find him very interesting because when he was stoned at some point, the Bible tells us he was stoned. And then when the other disciples gathered around him, the man arose. For me, a revelation I got from there is that when those of your kind gather around you, there's something about being among those of your kind. There's something it burns in you. There's, there's strength that it brings to you. One day it says, blessed is a man who does not dwell in the counsel of the good, ungodly. No, sit in the company of sinners. 
So I'm telling you, these are practical things you can do to build your faith. You have to build convictions. Where you're confessing, not as a performance, but you're confessing, you're literally confessing for conviction's sake. De practice building convictions. Pick certain areas. If you want, you can say, you know, your, 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 your spiritual life doesn't need to be disorganized. You know, you can be very organized with your spiritual life. You can be very organized. You can be very organized. You can say, this month for me, uh, I've themed this month for me wealth. I've themed it wealth. And you gather 20, 30 scriptures on wealth. And you start speaking them. And then as you're speaking them, you also pay attention to the instructions in them and you're doing them. What are you doing? You're forming a habit. That becomes natural. You say, this month for me, spiritual warfare. I'm going to ensure that I bombard. It says the gates of hell shall not prevail. You know, the gates won't even remain by the time I'm done with them. What? <laughs> they won't even, there will be nothing. As if, if there's even as much as a lock, ah, then there's a problem. You say, okay, this month, divine health. I'm going to speak over my health. I'm going to speak over my health. No, don't wait for 30 years from now when suddenly you feel an attack on your body. And, you know, I've listened to a lot of great men of God, men of faith. I've heard some of their private sermons. And you know what I've realized? All of them, all of them who I've heard, all of them who I've heard have had a day where maybe they were walking and suddenly there was a pain on them, maybe as if they were about to get a stroke or as if this, and, and, and they said, no, no, can I have a short yet? I'm telling you, there's something that roars. That thing didn't start that day. It was built. Build your convictions. Practice building convictions. And here's what happens as we build them. We reach a place where our faith our, our belief and our speech are in sync. And when that happens, then we can be able to relate uh, with 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And this is what it says. It says, praise God, 4 verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. It's impossible to claim to believe and not speak. They are not functioning in the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is we believe and therefore we speak. Why do you keep talking like this even when there's this? You know, sometimes uh, let no man make you feel shy about your convictions. Or let them not make you feel embarrassed about your confessions. You've always been confessing divine health. Why should it be a problem for you if you confess divine health during this period of time? Why should it be a problem for them? Why should they think you're overdoing it? You are always confessing. They were just never paying attention. That's why for you the pandemic is not scaring you. You've always confessed that sickness is dead for you. Why should they have a problem if you confess it now? Praise God. You've always confessed that you are a giver. Why should they have a problem if you decide to give now? It's not, it's not, some, it's not, it's not something strange. It's your native language. You know, it's interesting. When Jesus talks about Satan, he says that one has been a liar from the beginning. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. Hey, the scripture. But it got me thinking, what about you? What's your native language? 
For us, faith is our native language. It says that just shall live by faith. We come from a long line of just men made perfect whose faith has gotten them where they are now. Some of them are in heaven. They are different experiences. Some shut the mouths of lions. Some parted the Red Sea. Oh, I'm telling you about your family history. Praise God. There are some who parted the Red Sea in our family. Sometimes they have to sit there and say, do you know the things that have taken place in our family? Do you know the genes that are within us? There are some who caused the famine for three and a half years at his word. There are some in our family who fed widows. Fed widows on the last meal the widow had, they kept eating until the famine finished. There are some in our family who spoke to a war and the war fell down. When they were walking around that war, people were thinking, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? And in that moment, they kept, they, they, they were quiet. But the day that they spoke, the day that they screamed, something happened. Uh, praise God. I had a thought today. It was a crazy one. I had a thought today. <laughs> you know, we'd been making some phone calls as a church. And when we couldn't reach someone, we'd check for their next of kin. And we'd call the next of kin. And and then I was just thinking about the scriptures which says, for which cause he is not, he is not ashamed to call them brethren. <laughs> Some of you have caught it. He's talking about Jesus. And he's saying, for which cause he's not ashamed to call us brethren. So if anyone... That's why the world reaches you. That's why the world comes to you, to get through to Jesus. That's why they come to us. I mean, if they don't know where it's found, they have to call the next of kin. Praise God. <laughs> and we introduce him to them. I'm telling you. I don't know about you. My next of kin, do you know what he did? Do you know what he did? Do you know that he once prayed for a man who had no eyes? And that man produced eyes. That's the kind of family we are coming from. Where handkerchiefs and aprons got, in, got, got the anointing from a person and with no intelligence went to cast out devils. That's the kind of family we're from. That's the heritage we're from. And this is what the Bible is telling us about us in connection to those. It says we have the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith I was working in those people. We have it. And according to what is written, I have believed, therefore I spoke. We have the same spirit of faith that was operational in Moses. We have the same spirit of faith that was operational when Elisha healed Naman of leprosy. We have the same spirit of faith that was operational. When Paul was beaten by a snake and he just shrugged it off and nothing happened to him. We have the same spirit of faith that was working in Jesus when he walked on the Red Sea. And the Bible says, since we have the same spirit of faith, what do we do? We also believe and therefore speak. That's why we train our mouths to speak as they spoke. We train our hearts to believe as they believe because we've got the same spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. We are done for today. How many of you have been blessed? So now, we are going to have a five minute or probably one or two minutes talking session. And this that I'm telling you to do, just say, ah, we did it at church. No, make this now your every moment, your every day. I want us to focus. Praise God. So let's choose an area to focus on. Praise God. Let's talk Psalm 23. 
Let's go. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Praise God. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your road and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ha <laughs> ha! Praise God. And you know something? Do you know that one way of meditating is that you can sing the words. That's why we are careful with which songs we sing. Praise God. That's why we are careful. It's a way of meditation. Praise God. Just lift your hands. You are here. And you're moving in our homes. We worship you. We worship you. You are here. And you work in miracles. <laughs> we worship you. Those words are hitting different today. We worship you. You are here. You are here. You're touching every heart. You're touching every heart. We worship you, we worship you. Oh, we worship you. You are here, you are here. You are here. We arrange destinies. We worship you, we worship you. We
church groups, I would like us to comment that we've given. And for those who are watching and would like to know how to give your offerings, the details for how to give offering are scrolling. You know, once this live session is done, give it five minutes, share it again. This is a message everyone needs. If you love people, I would rather you send them this than keep sending them uh, videos of four men dancing with a casket or something like that. Praise God. And remember what I said, practice faith, practice faith. So the options for giving offering are scrolling. The praise team are, are going to send us off with something beautiful. And even as we are being sent off, I would like us to give our offerings. God bless you all. And remember, I love you all. Wow, what a service. 
I've been so blessed and I know you have been too. Now, if you just responded to that altar call by giving your life to Christ, wherever you're listening from, we would like to hear from you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on plus 260953756076 or plus 260977474679. If you are unable to call, you can still email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on the Facebook page at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.